All right, everyone. Welcome. Glad to have you again to another One Youth Devo. Uh, today we are talking about a verse that is actually a suggestion from Patrick's mother. Patrick, yeah, I'm glad you could be with us today too. <laughs> yeah, she she texted me and said, "Hey, you should do a, a devotional on Psalm 46." So that's what we're going to go over today. And we actually have a special guest joining us on the Devo as well. We have... Oh, really? Yeah. We we have a special guest? Yeah. We have our student ministries admin and the person that sends out all of the media and emails and keeps us in check, Rebecca. Rebecca, how's it going? Hi, guys. Uh, Going well. Thanks for inviting me today. And I do just want to say that we all are in our own home, social distant from everyone else. So let's just dive right in to Psalm 46. And if you're listening along, feel free to open up your Bible if you're able to. Obviously, if you're driving, that might be a bad idea. Uh, but if you're sitting at home and you have a computer handy or um, or your phone handy, just pull up Psalm 46 and we'll start from there. And again, it's out of the NIV. Here's verse one. God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy place where the Most High dwells. God is within her. She will not fall. God will help her at break of day. Nations are in uproar. Kingdoms fall. He lifts his voice. The earth melts. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Come and see what the Lord has done, the desolations he has brought on the earth. He makes war cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the shields with fire. He says, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Amen. The word of the Lord. Yeah. Thanks be to God. Thank you, Patrick, for reminding us of the word of the Lord and the thanks be to God. So let's just jump right back to the beginning, um, which I, I love this. I love this psalm because it begins with something that just seems like so good, such a good word for us. Um, God is our refuge and strength and ever present help in trouble. And I just want to look at that word help because I don't know about you guys, but whenever I need to do uh, a prayer that is heartfelt, usually the word help is in it. More often than not, when I go to the Lord, uh, I'm looking to the Lord for help. Yeah. And so that's kind of one of those simplest prayers you can have out there. Um, where you're praying to the Lord and you might not even have words for it, but, but the one word prayer of help is actually one of the most common prayers. <laughs> and so uh, what's wonderful about this verse is that's where it starts. God is our refuge. He is our strength. And he is an ever-present help when we're in trouble. Yeah. Um, Patrick, I'm curious for you, uh, when you pray for help, uh, is there a time in your life maybe or a, a story or a time where you prayed to God just that that exact prayer, just help? I need help right now. Oh, yeah. 
the first thing that comes to mind is the the moment that I found out that I tore my ACL. It was just like a, a really I was being really dumb and I was I tore my ACL. <laughs> how, uh, Pat, you got to tell people how you did it. You can't you can't just like <laughs> leave it out there. Like what what activity <laughs> was happening while your ACL was torn? Yeah, I was playing capture the flag with middle schoolers at youth group oh. and I was an oh. adult and <laughs> I was the leader. Um, this is at my old and church. How long ago was this? This was in 2014. I was leading middle school youth group playing capture the flag and uh, everyone on my team was out except for me. And so I was looking at the field and everyone was in jail. And if I got to jail, my whole team would get back in. We would have a chance of winning. So there's a lot of kids around and I was looking and I decided, you know, if I just run and jump over the bench that none of these middle schoolers could jump over, I'll be able to get my whole team. So that's what I did. And in midair, I turned sideways for whatever reason and landed sideways and the top part of my leg kept the forward momentum and the bottom part of my leg went straight down and I tore my ACL. So in the moment I got back up and kept playing cause I was like, well, it hurts, but you know, I'll walk it off. And then, um, about two weeks later, this is where the prayer for help came in. I found out that I was going to have to have surgery and it was going to be about a year before one one full year before I was back to where to the point that I was at able to run able to surf two things that you know surfing is really important to me back to even even being able to walk normal and I just remember sitting and being just torn apart inside and um like saying help I'm gonna need a lot like saying help um I needed the God's help right then and there but also recognizing, wow, I'm going to need a lot of help over the next year. So yeah, uh, God through that time was definitely my refuge and strength. And that's why I like this Psalm is it starts off with such a, a, a personal, but big proclamation. Um, and it's, it's not just about the individual it's God is our refuge and strength. And I think that definitely for me, the people that were around me at that time of going through the knee surgery and everything, I wasn't probably the best person to be around. There's days where I was mad, worked up, angry, grumpy. And I think God was the refuge in and the strength in everyone um, involved in my life then. That was a part of that whole entire year of surgery and recovery. God was the strength mm. in all of that. Cool. Rebecca, what about you? Is there a time where you have needed God to be your refuge, your strength, and your help? Yeah, totally. So, I mean, I feel like I pray this prayer all the time, especially in current times, but also just in general. But one uh, thing I really think about is actually the first time I really realized that God is is our ever-present help. And that was um, a while ago when I was a teenager uh, still learning to drive. So I got my license already, and at the time I had a job um, grading papers at a tutoring center, <laughs> and uh, it's only literally only five minutes away from my house. 
but I wasn't really sure of how to get home at the time. And, um, you know, I knew I was about to get on the freeway. <laughs> if you're learning to drive right now, you know that this is a scary thing. <laughs> um, I just want to say that. Um, <clears throat> but uh, yeah, so at the time, you know, I didn't know what I was supposed to do, um, if I'm supposed to make a lane change or um, how I'm supposed to get onto the freeway. <clears throat> and then um, I just prayed, you know, God help me like get home safely, help me get home safely. And then I was at a, I was at a red light. And right after I said that prayer, the car in front of me, um, the light turned green. So the car in front of me took their foot off the brake. So the brake light on their car in the back, it turned off and um, it sh all of a sudden there was this cross sticker, like a giant cross sticker on the back window of the car. And I couldn't see it before because the brake light was just shining too bright. Couldn't really see it in the dark. Um, but the moment that brake light went off and the, the cross is there. And I was like, whoa, this is God literally answering even just this tiny prayer of mine. And I just decided I'm going to follow this car. <laughs> so I actually followed this car onto the freeway, made my lane change. And um, yeah, immediately after that lane change right away, I just like made it home safely. And that was, I think, the first moment in my life where I really saw that God really cares about even the smallest prayers that I have or that we have. <clears throat> and that's always stuck with me because, um, you know, if we have a God that will answer even the smallest prayer to help me drive five minutes to get home, uh, he will definitely answer all the prayers that we have for even the big things, even the things that seem impossible. We see in the next part of this passage, Psalm 46, um, after the, the call for help and saying that God is our help, right? God is our refuge. God is our strength. He's the ever-present help in trouble. Verse 2 says, then we're not going to fear, even though everything is going bad. And so in, in this psalm, we see that everything that going, that's going bad is the earth's giving way. Mountains are falling into the heart of the sea. I mean, this sounds like you know, apocalyptic, doomsday kind of stuff. I, I feel like there's a video game that's kind of like where, where that happens, <laughs> like on the phone where the or world, something. Like where the, the world just falls apart. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know the exact video game. You know, my son likes to play these Roblox games right now where <laughs> it's catastrophe. So, like, you just, it puts you on this little island, and then all of a sudden something's going to happen. It might be a tornado. It might be acid rain. It might be a tsunami. It might be a flood. It's like all these terror. And your whole job is just to survive. And usually, <laughs> like, four or five of the players survive. Oh uh, and he likes playing it because it's a challenge. But man, like you watch it, it's just so catastrophic. Like, <laughs> like this is terrible. Every building collapses. Um, it's not. It's not. Like, Chaos. It's kind of a, a weird game. Yeah, a little chaotic game. But um, but the idea here is that there's no fear in the mm. midst of some of these pretty heavy things happening, right? Like, mm. I can't think of something more more chaotic than a mountain falling into the heart of the sea. Like what? Imagine just... how loud that would be. I think that this would be so incredibly loud and just you'd be deaf almost. Yeah. 
Or like, could you even, you know, like my eyes can't necessarily even comprehend or my mind can't comprehend exactly what that might look like. <laughs> yeah. Um, it just sounds like just so epic. Obviously the mountains quaking with surging. I mean, I'm thinking of like of earthquakes and volcanoes and just total end of the world stuff. And then it switches in verse four. Talking about a river whose streams make glad the city of God. So like a river that is feeding the city of God. And this whole idea of the city of God is is, is a real interesting thing. So like for us, we might think, oh, city of God, what, what is that? Is that like Disneyland, but where Jesus lives? Uh, is that... Um, downtown referring, LA. Yeah. Is that <laughs> downtown LA? Is that a, um, a specific place? Is that heaven? Is that... Um, Jerusalem. A lot of people talk about Jerusalem, which is at this point when this was written, that was what it was referring to for sure. But there's sort of a, a more idea of a metaphorical city of God, or even now, like when we think about heaven and God creating a new heaven and a new earth, there's a lot of questioning of well, what could this mean? But here we have a river whose streams make glad the city of God. So it's feeding the city of God, the holy place where the Most High dwells. The place where God dwells is the city of God that's referred to here, right? So if we think about it now, well, where does God dwell? And uh, Rebecca, what would you say if someone asked you like, hey, where does God dwell? Where's God's place of living? Um, The highest heaven, Um, but also, you know, God's always with us. And the word does say that we are the holy temple, the temple of the Holy Spirit. And so when I think about the holy place where the most high dwells, it's now a place that is um, within us as God's chosen people. Yeah. So God living inside of you. So think about it like this, right? There's a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the place, the holy place where the Most High dwells. Think about that feeding you, right? So like making glad the city of God. So even like making you glad, right? You can have joy in the midst of these crazy things. Uh, the next verse uh, five, God is within her, that city. She will not fall. God will help her at break of dawn. Nations are in uproar. Kingdoms fall. And here's the line that always freaks me out and shakes me at my core. He, this is referring to God, lifts his voice. The earth melts. <laughs> like just that particular line of how powerful is God? Well, God is so powerful that he spoke the earth into creation. When God lifts his voice, the earth melts. Um, When I lift my voice, like maybe my kids might do what I ask. Um, Right. Or if, if, if you lift your voice, like to shout at a friend to get like their attention, like maybe they'll turn around and give your attention. Uh, But maybe not. But when God speaks, like stuff happens. Yeah. It's like how we talked on the devotional that we did on Genesis one. I remember you asked me, have I ever spoke anything into existence? Well, no, (laughs) not even close, (laughs) but, um, God is able to do that. And if he's able to create, create with his voice, he, um, definitely has the power to melt with his voice as well. (laughs) Right. So Patrick, have you ever spoken anything out of creation? (laughs) With your voice. <laughs> well, I do eat a lot. Is that what you oh, asked? Oh, there you go. There you go. <laughs> I like that. Um, 
So God is, has spoken, and, and this line just is terrifying to me, right? He lifts his voice, the earth melts. But we've just heard how God is actually um, feeding this city, uh, the city of God where God dwells. Um, verse 7 continues and tells us that the Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Uh, by the way, if this is just like a quick tip on reading the Bible. I've said this a few times, and hopefully this is helpful. If you're reading the Bible and it says the Lord, and in the NIV, the word Lord actually has uh, an interesting way that it's it's written. It looks like all caps, but they're smaller. Um, and when it says the Lord that way, what it's actually referring to is the specific name of God. Um, it's not uh, the same word that would be used just for a general um, sense of Lord. Um, it's a specific name of God. So it's not a title. It's a, it's, it's a name. So uh, the Lord... Um, Almighty is actually the name of God. So the Lord is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. So we see this line and it has two pieces in it. The first one is saying that uh, the specific God, and then it's getting even more specific with this is the God of Jacob. This is the God we're talking about, um, is our fortress. So what's cool about this part for us to read here is that one, God is almighty. The Lord is almighty. And that we know who this God is. This God is a God who is, who is uh, in history, we can see God's actions. Um, God is not just with us, but God is also our strength. So two really cool things just in verse 7 that um, I think are pretty neat. Verse 8, right? Verse 8, we're going to see something change here. Come see what the Lord has done. The desolations he has brought on the earth. Um, so come check out what God has done. In, uh, when we look at this verse, this kind of a shift, and what we're seeing now is not, here's what God has done as much of what God is going to do or what God can do. Um, and he has done these things, but there's also, for us as Christians, we look forward to the things that God will do. So verse 9, what does he do? He makes wars cease to the ends of the earth. Yeah. Could you imagine that? There'd be no wars. In my yeah. life... There has never been a time of complete peace. Yeah. There's always been a war somewhere going on. Always. Um, Rebecca, I know that you've spent some time uh, working with people. Have you ever worked with any people, Rebecca, who've been in war areas? Yeah. uh, I was actually in the Middle East as a missionary for a year. As some of you guys might have heard and might have known. And I work a lot with Syrian refugees. Um, and also internally displaced people in the country I was in. And um, there were tons of people and a lot of young people, people uh, our age and younger, you know, teenagers, children, moms, dads, um, everybody who witnessed the Syrian war. And they actually fled out of that war into the country I was in so that they could, um, yeah, that they could have a better life. Um, And I remember when I was teaching some of these teenagers, um, there was one uh, 17 year old girl and I told them, you know, draw, draw a story of your life. And when she was drawing it and then she shared with me afterwards, you know, this is what happened six years ago. And um, this is what happened six years ago when I was 12. And she had pictures of, bombs and um, 
food being gone and uh, people just running away from all these terrors. And she's sitting there as a normal, you know, 18 year old girl, but inside of her, there was so much pain and so much trauma from that. I was like really shocked um, in a lot of ways to hear all these different stories of how crazy it can be and all these things that we don't ever imagine, but the things that she and all these other people have seen with their own eyes. Hmm. Wow. So for us to look at that and to think that God will eventually, God will make all the wars cease, right? And I think about Syrian refugees um, and even just looking at in the media and the coverage of it, it just seems so hopeless for so many people. Um, it's hopeless to stay because you'll be uh, destroyed. It's hopeless to leave because no one will accept you. Mm. Um, and it just feels like for so many people, they, they lack hope because mm. they know that these wars seem to never cease. And so in Syria right now, there's a war that, has, that is not ceasing. It's just continued to go on and on. Yeah. But God says that he will make the war cease to the ends of the earth, meaning into the entire earth. The wars will cease. So what is God's word in the midst of this? And this is verse 10. And I think really this is our key verse for this whole thing right. uh, that we want to look at. Um, Patrick, why don't you read it for us? He says, be still and know that I am God. Now, when my mom sent me a message this morning saying, hey, talk about this, this psalm, she said specifically that she wanted us to kind of sit on this verse for a little bit. I know it's one of her favorite Bible verses. I think I shared that, you know, a while back on one of the podcasts or something. But um, she was saying, how do we know that God is there when we're being still? And I think that there's a connection to Psalm 100 and verse three, it says, know that the Lord God, it is he who made us and we are his, we are his people, the sheep of his pasture. So while we're being still, um, we need to just trust that, you know, trust in that, that God made us and he made us to be active. He made us to, you know, work and do whatever he calls us to do. But he also uh, made us to be still and trust and listen. Um, and we need to just understand that, you know, we're all out in his pasture together. And there's times in that to run through the grass and there's times to lay in the grass to kind of put a little imagery to it. Yeah. Yeah. This is a, this is just a, a super famous little line here, right? Be still and know that I am God. Um, and I try to think about, you know, what that could mean, what that looks like. The, the Hebrew word for to be still, um, some definitions of it might be to grow slack or to release or to let go. Right. So if you even think about like in yourself, all the tension that builds up uh, when things are not going your way. So there might be a bunch of tension that builds up when you have financial issues. Maybe there's tension that builds up when you're having relational issues with your family. Like maybe your parents are giving you a hard time or uh, perhaps a sibling is just, you know, making it real tough uh, to live at home. Or, um, or to your, be at your home. grades are just totally giving you stress. 
your grades are stressing you out and you have a teacher who's just unrelenting, who just keeps going after you or whatever. And you can feel that tension. And it's almost like in the quarter or in a semester at school, sometimes you can feel that tension start to crescendo, right? It gets higher and higher and higher and starts to peak. And you can even visually see it sometimes when you watch people walk. Oh, yeah. Um, like around a high school or something, people are walking around. There's there's people who might be walking a little fast and it almost seems like there's a tension in their, in their back or in their shoulders. They're just kind of hunched up. Uh, the stress is just, it's, it's tangible. It's real. Mm-hmm. So when we see this be still, um, the word in a lot of ways is like release, let go, let go of that tension, break that tension, uh, and know that I am God. Um, there's an exercise that we used to do. Uh, it's like a spiritual exercise where you would say this phrase and you drop a word. So you start out saying, be still and know that I am God. Then you repeat it, dropping the last word, be still and know that I am. Hmm. And you can keep that going where you say, be still and know that I be still and know that be still and know be still and, and then finally you can say, be still. And then finally it all boils down to just be. Wow. And it's a, it's an interesting uh, prayer to do. And in some ways when you do it, it's almost like a way to relieve that tension, knowing that as you pray that or, or bring that before the Lord, you're confessing. Um, you're confessing that you are there, you are alive, you exist but that you also want to release that tension and that you also have faith and you know that God is real and you know that God is with you. And the second part of it is that God will be exalted. So it's an act of praise, an act of worship and an act of trust for the Lord. I really see this dichotomy between who God is and uh, just this sense of the God who makes peace, but the God who's also powerful. You know, he makes wars to cease, but he also breaks the bow and shatters the spear. And so when, uh, you know, when I read, be still, I know that I am God. There's that sense of being still because of his power and the awe of his power, uh, but also that peace of acknowledging and knowing that this is God, um, that as we stand in amazement, we can acknowledge that this is the almighty God who is with us. And because of this, we can exalt him and that he is exalted in the nations and is exalted in the earth. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Well, Rebecca, thanks for, uh, thanks for your words. God is indeed powerful. God is indeed present. God does bring peace and his peace uh, with his peace is strength. So um, let's all practice being still and knowing that he's God. That's all the time we have today for the one youth devo thank you guys for tuning in and listening and you'll hear from us again soon have a great week